0: Hey, I want to talk to you about a very special podcast that is going into its second season, Veronica Mars Investigates. Their second season is going to premiere on March 24th, and a little bit about Veronica Mars Investigates. It is a very, very cool recap podcast, and if you like very, very cool recap podcasts like this one, you're probably going to like that one. It's hosted by Jenny Owen Youngs from the hit Buffy recap podcast, Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and Helen Zaltzman from the award-winning entertainment podcasts, The Illusionists and Answer Me This. They are podcast royalty, and they have come together to create this show about the Veronica Mars television show. And if you haven't watched Veronica Mars television show, it is a teen comedy drama thriller noir. You can hear the first season of Veronica Mars Investigates now on all the podcast places and at vmipod.com. But season two, March 24th, get ready. You'll enjoy it.
1: A lonely heart, a wandering eye, an empty stomach, a shoulder to cry
0: on. This is what makes us, us.
2: Good morning, Night Vale. Hello, everybody. I'm Hal Lublin, a.k.a. Steve Carlsberg. And I'm Symphony Sanders, also known as
1: Tamika Flynn.
0: And I'm Meg Bashwinner, also known as Bed. I mean Deb. <laughs> oh, and this is Good Morning Night vale. This is episode 32 of Good Morning Night vale. So at this point in the game, you've probably heard of it uh, and you probably know what we're about to do. But I'm going to tell you anyway, because this part of the show is when we explain who we are and what we do. Uh, So this is our show where we recap old episodes of Welcome to Night Vale to really find out more about Welcome to Night Vale and ourselves.
2: And this week we're discussing episode 32, Yellow Helicopter. Here's the description of the episode. There are strange new helicopters above Night Vale different than the other helicopters that regularly hover over town. Plus, community health tips, surgery for Nightvale High School's starting quarterback, and a message from Hiram McDaniel's. Let's talk about it. I stole your your catchphrase. Sorry, Symphony. Hey, it's fine, but you got to
1: say it right, Hal. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> you got sh- to really up sh- sh- shriek, just sh- shriek. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. That's... You're getting close. You're getting really close. I'll get there. Um, you gotta go as high as the angels, maybe. You guys. Ooh. Ooh. We're talking about angels. hells. Um, they're gone. Or bored. Maybe they were left because they were bored. One thing that stuck throughout the episode is um, anybody who's, like, been in contact with them or, like, whatever. Like, if you start talking about them, they start crying. And right. I wrote it. Crying because of angel encounters. <laughs> it made me think of ancient aliens <laughs> oh we're back on
2: that
0: <laughs> yeah it's like you, you cry if you're an angel who's being told that angels don't exist yeah maybe that'd be sad it is hurtful it's hurtful yeah it's showing us something about vithia the intern vithia mm-hmm. and then also something about larry Leroy.
1: yeah he's all up in this piece Yo, know? he's an angel Maybe. I don't think he's no. an angel. I think he's a, had contact with them. But I like that he was like, he was talking to the man in the tan jacket. And he was like, his name's Ernest or Everett or Emmett. What other E names are there for
2: men?
0: Earl. Emmanuel.
2: Emerald. Oh, yeah.
0: Bam. My grandfather was named Emil and my oh. uncle was named Emil with an E. Oh,
1: my grandpa's name was Edward Oh, Amelia Edward, ago. that's an E. Yeah, it is an E. Yeah. And Edwin. 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 Eduardo.
0: Eli. Eli. Yeah, Eduardo.
1: Eli. Sure.
0: Ebenezer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that's all of them.
0: That's all of them. Today I was listening <laughs> to someone talk about an op-ed piece that they wrote, and I was like, did you, did you mean an op-ed word? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Did you
1: walk directly Operation out of the Edward. room after
0: you said that? You informal motherfucker. Did you mean to say op Edward?
1: <laughs> Do you know him well enough to call him Ed rude? Operation Edward.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna smack you with my cumberbund.
1: You lout. Um you guys, one of the first things that happens in this episode, um, besides talking about the angels and how they're gone and all that stuff, was the uh the Nightville Medical Board, they always have some crazy stuff to say. Um, but they're talking about having a healthy heart and just like a lot of other things that these things that are like, oh, here's just like a little health tip or like whatever. It starts out being normal and then it starts getting weirder and weirder and weirder and weirder. And, and, and it's just like, no, like fully crack your chest open. And if you don't have like an actual like bone saw, use like, like a table saw basically. And then you prepare it like a nice chicken parm you flatten it and put it in flour and then fry it up till it's crispy. And then and then you eat it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Is that how of it gets course. back in your body? Yeah.
2: Eat your heart in.
0: Yeah, it just reassembles in your chest. I have to say from a culinary standpoint, mm-hmm. it's not a good way to cook heart. Okay. How would
1: you cook it that? Would be tough. heart?
0: it's yeah so, yeah, so musty, mus- muscly that you're going to oh. want to go low and slow with Oh, you got to braise it. You to go high temperature. You're just going to, yeah, you're just going to tense that muscle right up, and it's going to be, yeah, it's just going to be super tough. And, yeah, you want to go lower and slower to try to break down some of that dense muscle.
2: Yeah, you put it in a slow cooker. You got to put it in, like, a broth or, like, a rub or something. You put it mm-hmm. in a slow cooker for, like, eight hours. Then you take a couple forks and shred it.
0: You could if you wanted to sear it. To start, sear it and then slow it, cook it. I think sure. that's fine. Just to get to that get flavor,
1: the, 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 do the Meijer yeah. process just to make yeah. sure it gets that extra like seal in. And then, but then really, I mean, I guess, I guess it depends on also how big your heart is, the heart is.
0: Yeah, it's true. How long it's going to need to break down. Like yeah. a, Like a, a blue whale's heart is going to be a way longer cooking process than a mouse heart. Right. But we all have hearts, you know, even. Some of us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and then the helicopters come along. Uh, there's these new yellow ones that like nobody recognizes. Um, but they're saying that, oh, they might be okay. They're uninvited guests and you're supposed to treat them like any interloper, I assume, uh, until the end where they, we'll talk about that in a minute. But the black ones are for the world government. The blue is for the secret police and the mural one takes children and, th- but then they gave it back. So they're like, oh, well, it's fine. All these helicopters flying around in the sky just makes me think that it's really noisy there. Yeah, because helicopters make a ton of noise.
2: Yeah, there there are a lot of whirly birds in uh <laughs> in this in this area in Los Angeles. They're out all the time, so it seems like there's a manhunt every ten seconds. Mm-hmm. So there are police helicopters out, and then there are obviously traffic helicopters. It's they're like one of them is loud, but this is it sounds like at any given time. Don't they already know that the traffic is just bad there? Or- they do, but they're like, here's how, here's how bad it is. Oh, okay. You thought yesterday was bad? Today we'll knock your socks off and then put them <laughs> back on. But you'll want to take them off, but you'll put them back on because you have to drive anyway. Too bad, Putz. Uh, it seems like it, at any given time there are six to eight helicopters in your vicinity in the air just hovering and like sort of moving back and forth.
1: That's what it's like in Night Vale. Mm-hmm.
0: How, nightmare feels los angeles we we don't get a lot of helicopters out here we get rich people helicopters out here oh they're, um, oh they're landing on their own private helipad do we get the people the weekenders they can see them coming in and then you see I, them leave on sunday nights
2: do are there any of them famous people there's some famous
0: people who live up here i don't know if they're the ones using the helicopters my guess is that it's probably like the like there's this stupid like old money people who have places up here but there's also some some famous people who live up here
2: who are a couple of famous people who live up there
0: paul rudd oh yeah nice. a list he's got a can yep. he's got a candy shop up there right yeah we went to that place it's cute mm-hmm. i ran into him at the liquor store <gasps> yeah uh,
1: who else I don't think, who else is uh, up there?
0: did you tell him i'm in love with him i'm trying to think of like who else like a list is up here um there's, like, some, some B-listers, like, you know, and then there's, like, your podcasters and your authors and your musicians. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people have, like, weekend homes.
2: Mm. Uh, do you want to hear my Paul Rudd story? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in 2011, I think it was, they did a 10-year anniversary of Wet Hot American Summer at San Francisco Sketch Fest. And Ben Acker and Ben Blacker were brought in to help adapt that screenplay into, like, a radio stage play like Thrilly Adventure Hour. And so a a few of us got to play parts in it because they didn't have all the original cast there. But Mm -hmm. the original cast members they did have were all the big ones for the most part. So Amy Poehler was there. I think Bradley Cooper. uh, Mark Evan Jackson played Bradley Cooper's part. Uh, But uh, Paul Rudd was there. And he's Mm -hmm. known the guys from the state for years and years. So they were joking at some point about something. And I kind of like walked over and tried to be in on the joke, which is the dumbest thing i just wanted to like i was such a big fan of all of them i'm like oh yeah we're all in this show together clearly we're uh we're all peers now and then i walked away from it feeling like you are the dumbest person you have ruined this encounter with paul rudd could have gone a million different ways you were you are not his peer
0: no you and, are his peer and that's and then we him. did the show that's on him. Listen, I feel like, if no matter who the fuck you are, if you're doing a show with someone or you're in the same room with someone, it is your responsibility to be a person and to treat them like a person.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> he wasn't rude, to be fair. It was just like they were having an inside joke and I walked over and was like in on it. And I think this could have been something they've been doing for 20 years that I was like, hey, I'm also in it. <laughs> so I, I don't blame him. I don't blame any of them. I don't know. Uh, they but should have made you encounter. feel welcome. You're, yeah. We'll,
1: we'll, do you want us to go to their house? Do you want us to call their mom? I want to go to the candy store and get
0: candy. That's not how you treat people. It's that you make people feel welcome. And if they're not welcome, you kindly let them know that in a way that is not hurtful.
2: <laughs> well, nobody said anything to me. At least there was that. Just odd glances.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, save those odd glances for when you're in your helicopter on your way back to upstate New York.
2: Yeah, Ant Man, save your glasses for your helicopter. Also, big fan.
0: Yeah, he's had a good career.
2: He yeah. has had a good career.
1: Yeah. You know who else has had a pretty good career? <laughs> I'm bringing it back. You ready? Uh, Go ahead. Michael Sandero in oh. playing sports ball, but now he's losing it. And like it happens occasionally with sportsmen. They, you know, have good, they have good season and then they have like a bad season. And right now, Michael Sandero, ever since he cut off the, his other head and now he only has the Russian speaking one, everybody's like, nah, (laughs) like it's not working out. He's not like, you're wondering if he's even a good player, like for a good leader for his team. But Nazar Al-Majahid, he fucking comes for him and he's like, you know what? I feel like the speech that he gives is very much like every after the football game is or whatever sports game is over. And they're like, so what did you think of the? How did you play the game? And they all say the same thing. They're like, we played a really good game. You know, me and the guys, we were out there and like, you know, we pushed really hard. And everybody else is like, you know, they gave a really good, you know, it was really tough, good game. And he was like, our boys play together, play good games, good football boys, <laughs> you know,
2: basically. I love that. <laughs> By the way, they, they point out uh, – it wasn't until I got to this section that I was like, oh, yeah, Jeffrey wrote this. Because there's <laughs> so much football-specific stuff in there. Yeah. Um, oh, we have talked about this before that Jeffrey and I are probably the two biggest sports fans, I would say, in the show. That's, a, that's certainly something we talk about a lot when we're, when we're in each other's company. And the idea of having two heads does mean you can read zone defenses better, uh, <laughs> pick up blitzes. But also, I was thinking about this a lot, because obviously, as of this recording, we just – I was just watching uh, football yesterday. Yeah. And uh, if you have two heads, you have to make a lot of quick decisions as a quarterback. you got to check down all the people, all your receivers, and decide who's going to get the ball. With two heads, you can't – which head makes the decision? Whose court, obviously, they, it feels like he cut off the quarterbacking head. Yeah, I think he
1: cut off the quarterbacking head. But do you think that was his decision or do you, do you think the quarterbacking head had any say in it or do you think the Russian guy was like, well, I'm going to get rid of this other head? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well It sounds like he had – it sounds like elective surgery, right? Thanks, Putin. <laughs> more russian interference.
0: Yeah, he's been straight up meddling meddling in uh, the 2013 <laughs> Nightville High School football. Maybe the whole thing is a catalyst to where we are today. I'm telling
1: you, there's so many that things. We've been talking about this since the beginning how many things are like like reflective of things that are happening right now or happening in the last couple of years and uh it's pretty creepy. Here's some more russian collusion.
0: Yeah. No
1: collusion, no collusion.
2: No collusion.
0: This is my hope right now because right now it's January the 7th. I believe this episode will air on the 21st of February. Oh. I'd like these I'd like these jokes to these jokes about Russia and collusion to be dated. Something. To be dated.
2: Yeah. Well, like it's all nice. going to
0: bust open like tomorrow morning. Like
1: we're going to wake up and like he's got Trump is going to be in jail.
0: We're going to wake up, and the capitalist society has fallen, and we will all journey to the moon together. With
1: Space Force?
0: (laughs) With the Space Force, (laughs) we will all go to the moon. Can we all fit on the moon? How big is the moon? Not that big.
2: That's not big enough for all of us. No.
0: Really? We can all barely fit in this world, girl. What if we held hands, though?
1: Hands across the moon? Yeah. It'd be like Le Petit Point. I'll try it. Like, it's like the little prince. We're all just like, la, 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 just like on the land. But I don't think we'd all be able to have, like, space. We'd be able to stand side by side, but that's maybe it. I don't know.
0: Scientists.
2: That would be your life.
0: I'm going to look it up and find out. Speaking of, I'm going to look it up and find out. Do you think it's interesting that we get the, uh, that there's all this two-head, cutting-off-your-head talk in the episode that has the Hiram McDaniels five-headed dragon thing happening? Like, I wonder if that was, like, an intentional multi-head thing, or are there just so much multi-heads in Night Vale that they're bound to end up in the same episode together?
1: I do feel like there's there's a lot of multi-headed things in Night Vale. Like, there was that one thing with the dog thing, there is a hiram there's michael Sandero. there's been a couple of things in live shows where it's like oh you'll have well i mean there's lots of multiples of like multiple eyes multiple arms or like people differently bodied you know what i mean right yeah your head's part of your body no
0: right yeah yeah yes it I is i mean <laughs> it's <right laughs> at the
1: top I, <laughs> I mean, okay I know your head's part of your body, you guys. Like, don't be like, (laughs) wow, Symphony, you're such a bimbo. No, it's, I meant like, do you consider it like your thumb? You don't, that's, you don't consider that a finger because it's your thumb. It's a whole different thing, but it's still like on your hand. Like, I know.
0: I consider my thumb a finger.
1: Do you? Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's a finger, but like, it's got its, I don't know.
0: They all have their own names.
1: I guess so. But a thumb is just so like individual. I don't know.
0: I wonder, this is a weird wonder because it's getting towards the the late evening hour here in my mind. So like how in English we've got like thumb, pointer finger, index finger, middle finger, pinky pinky finger. I wonder how in different languages those those exist. Oh, yeah. What what do we call them? Like, how does that all work? It's something from a linguistic standpoint that I'm very curious about.
1: I don't know. That's a good question. Hey, um, all f- the fans that are from other places that speak or people that speak multiple languages, how do you call it? Like, is it the same as we call it? Um, also the thumb, there's like no, like, I don't know. You don't call it a thumb finger. You call it just a thumb. Yes.
2: Well, I guess you do call it your pinky finger. Some people right. do. I just call it a pinky. I
0: just call it pinky, a pinky
2: too, but like ring, F off and pointer.
0: Isn't it so weird how that they're called that, though? Like, Pinky. Yeah. Like, what fucking adult was like? Yep, it's the Pinky.
2: <laughs> that was a royal proclamation. Hey ye, hey ye. Hey. <laughs> all this finger shall be known as the Pinky. And, like,
0: from a medical standpoint, what do you call it? Like, you're a medical doctor. You were a hand doctor. You went to hand Medical Doctor School. You spent $240,000 in 10 years, your whole educational career, 20 years of your life, learning about the human body. Do you call it your pinky? You're like, we're doing surgery on his pinky today.
2: Yeah, I, I think you call it the pinky-dinky little winky. <laughs> That's what it's called in in uh, the New England Journal of Medicine. <laughs> uh upstairs
1: medical college
2: upstairs medical college <laughs> is that what you said yeah, yeah. hey when you need go to medical college you just, just come on upstairs upstairs medical college we're right above that shoe store, yep, it's still in business, even though it always looks like it's closed all the time
1: we're in the
0: same we're in the same area as the d m v you have like a sweatshirt that just says upstairs in the collegiate <laughs> writing across the front that you bought at the uh, bookstore at the upstairs <laughs> medical school.
2: <laughs> they have posters of John Belushi wearing <laughs> the same sweatshirt, but they've yeah. photoshopped upstairs over the word college.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: that was good.
0: Um. Anyway, so yeah, so we do. We hear from Hiram and his many heads. Or actually, we hear from we hear from gold and purple and who else we hear from? I can look at mine.
1: My- he prefers to be called violet, but yes, purple. Or green. green.
0: And green, yeah.
1: But the red one's Just the main the head, right? Gold. It's the gold's the re- main, gold's main head. Gold's the main head, okay.
2: It's gold, gold's green, the- and 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 purple, I think. Yeah, I think those yeah. are the only three. You only hear from three of them.
1: Yeah. And uh, he cares about it. I like that, he d- that they do the thing where he's like, uh, literally a five-headed dragon, who cares? And he's like... He's like, that's also my slogan. I'm literally a five-headed dragon. Who cares? I like that. I like the <laughs> two different readings of it. That was really funny. And uh the children, the, he cares about children and business owners and children business owners. Uh And he also does a dig against the faceless old woman that she doesn't have a mouth. Yes. But that's like kind of legit. But she
0: can talk because we obviously hear her. Yeah. And if isn't that just the patriarchy, you know?
1: Well, she doesn't even have <laughs> no. a mouth. Yeah.
0: That woman, she didn't have a mouth on her. She's
1: a nasty, <laughs> nasty mouth, mouthless woman.
2: <laughs> By the way, if this is the only way you know Jackson Public is as Hiram McDaniels, you need to go watch the Venture Brothers. Yeah. Only because he does at least half of the voices in any given episode. He's such a genius. He's a genius performer. Just brilliant, great writer. You know, he writes, he, he created the show he and Doc Hammer write it together uh, and they perform like every other character so it's just it's like such a cool like the perfect guy to come in and voice a five-headed dragon where every voice has to be different it's just brilliant casting one of those like home run bits
0: yeah i think that was definitely one of the ones where it was like oh uh, this guy's around and he'd be interested in doing a show great cool uh okay what can he do oh he can do all of this great he's a five-headed dragon and he, like it was just like they saw <laughs> Like, they were gifted, this amazingly talented voice actor, and they were like, okay, let's really, let's use it. Let's use that whole tube of toothpaste. Like, let's really, really put him, uh, put him to work. Um, And I think he has fun doing it when he does get to, when he does do hire him. It's definitely really fun for us to get to watch it and hear it. Um, But it feels like it's something, when you're that good, it probably feels fun to, like, run laps around the track like that, you know? I think
1: just yes. this just is just a it just seems like a fun character in general to play, because uh, you get to go really anywhere you want. I mean, like we said before, the guys don't give us a ton to go. Like they just are like, yeah, we trust you, just go for it. And you know, he really does, and it's awesome. And the, how distinct they are. That's the other thing uh, that I love that they don't like. They could sound like five different people. You know what I mean? Or they sound like five different people, because they could sound yeah. kind of similar, uh, but they're all very distinct, which I uh, really enjoy. And I like that his main head is kind of like a Texan, you know, no-nonsense sort of guy, you know? Yeah,
0: it's very George W. Bush. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. kind of meets yes. John Wayne, kind of, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, one of my favorite bits in this episode was the... Um, fedora dude um so okay so that's where yeah towards the end uh after the the weather uh and uh vithia ascends um they're talking the witnesses are talking about what they've seen um and one person says i can't even describe the beauty of her ascension and the other guy who's wearing the fedora says you kind of did though and then he goes on to mansplain uh description
1: yes I, yeah, when I heard that part, I was like, ugh, what an asshole. Uh, Because there's always somebody who's like, well, actually, if you, Mm -hmm. if you say Mm -hmm. I could care less, that means that you do care. So you're like, shut the fuck up. You know what I meant? It was the, it was the 2000s though. Everybody was a fedora. Everyone.
0: Yeah. It was like a very Jason Mraz, Gavin DeGraw kind of time. Backstreet Boys, they were wearing fedoras. The whole thing. That one guy who was like 47
1: in that group. With the Ming the Merciless goatee, do you which you know which one I'm talking
0: about? Okay, if I had to name the Backstreet Boys, I probably could get name one. Uh, it doesn't matter. How many is it? Brian is the one who's old. Is Howie old? Is Howie the old one?
1: Nick, Nick, Nick Carter Carter
0: was the was he was he's
1: the he's the the blonde one with the middle part. Who? Why did we think that was cute? Why did we think that was cute? And now that I'm, I'm like, ew, it's so gross. I remember back in the day, I used to have a crush on every guy with a freaking haircut like that. It would be like the part down the middle. It's not a good look.
0: Yeah. It's probably because we were, when we were born, they were still putting lead and gasoline. And I still love the smell of gasoline today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. Okay. Let's see. AJ, Howie, Nick, Kevin and Brian. (laughs) Could I tell you which one is which? Nope. Hold on. Oh, yeah. AJ. AJ is the one that I was. He's still wearing a fedora. Look.
0: Uh, (laughs) um, I just wanted to look up when they took lead out of gasoline just to make sure (laughs) that I was right about that. And I typed in when did they take and my (laughs) Google filled to prayer out of school.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can you see him there?
0: Yeah. So he's the
1: old one. He's the old one. Old looking. I don't know if he's really old. It's probably our age now. He actually looks cuter now than he used to be. You don't see me trying to be a boy band, though. You, you personally by yourself, should not be a boy band.
0: Thank you for not believing in me.
1: Well, because no, just because you're just one person. Not because I don't think you could do it. Not that I don't think you could be a part of one, but just as one, per- like a boy band is just historically more than one person. But hey, you, you know what? Break the wheel. Thank you. Break the mold. You You can do it. If anyone can do it, it's you.
0: It's not like I really want to do it, but knowing that you believe in me.
1: You know what? I'm always here for you, boo. It's
0: enough. It's enough. You know, (laughs) it really is. Gets me through it. Symphony, I feel like you'd be good in a boy band. Oh, because I've got the dance moves. You've got the dance moves and the you've got the energy and the attitude and I yeah. feel like you could play a lot of different parts too. Which one do you think I would be? You could be like the bad boy um or um or you could be like the arty one, like posh. Yeah. I'm, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or yeah, or you could be like I'm the doing bad some boy. shoulder
1: moves. Yeah. I know you guys can't see this, but I'm doing some sweet shoulder <laughs> moves right now. Oh yeah, that's a good move.
0: Yeah, you could be the sporty
1: one too. I know, cuz I can kick. Yeah. And kick and do flips and stuff. Um, Oh, one thing that I just made me guffaw it was when that person sm- smacked the the tape recorder. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that shit made me laugh so hard. Because I was like, oh, no, that is what that sounds like. It was Larry Leroy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he kept saying, he kept being like, get out of it. He's like, don't. He kept. ahead of one saying that I can't remember what he kept saying, um, but he was like, "Don't mess it up," or "Don't,
0: don't bog me down, son." Don't yeah. bog me down,
1: son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, that's so fucking funny. I love that part because that sounds. That's like that's a real bad boy thing to do
0: to knock the tape recorder out of the reporter's hand. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, doesn't it like smack of like younger Sean Penn or like. <laughs> Something, because, like, all, like, celebrities who, like, have um tumultuous relationships with the paparazzi, and they'll, like, go after them or something. They're like, get out of my face or whatever. But he does it in a nicer way.
0: Yeah, he says, don't bog me down.
1: You know what? And we should all live by that. Don't bog me down. Yeah, don't bog one another down, people. um And B- Vidya did not get bogged down, you guys. She, she ascended. fully ascended. And hey if you could ascend would you maybe you don't have a choice
2: do you she wasn't like i
1: "I want to ascend right yeah they just suck they just suck you up into heaven
2: or wherever i don't know i (laughs) i just think about spider-man and infinity war going i don't want to go i don't want to go and then vanishing in the
1: dust that was sad yeah i'm sorry that was a sad bit i can't wait for the marvel movie End game. I'm so excited. Captain Marvel first. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. I want the, I want to see that first. Um, you guys, this is really the birth of Strex. You know it's, what I mean? Strex coming into the plot in a huge way, yeah. Yeah, like big time and yeah. it's like a right see, they do this, they did this with uh summer reading program as well. Program. They brought it in right at the end. And that Strex brought the bought the radio station.
0: Yeah. It was like, this is an unknown thing, and be afraid of it, be afraid of it. And then it's like, oh, no, no need to be afraid of it. Everything's oh, fine. also, Strex owns the station.
2: Right? Well, l- last episode, remember I talked about, like, the big menacing thing is generally the smokescreen. But this time, the big menacing thing, we're bucking that convention. The big menacing thing is not a threat. Not outwardly a threat. It's not something that's, that's impending doom right away. But it is a major piece of the plot. It's not something that's going away. They're delivering they're deliver they're literally delivering a major plot point to us. Yeah. They're, they're dropping flyers, letting everybody know they now own the radio station. So, we're really like in super high gear now.
1: Well, they do it at the last they do it at the last second and
2: yeah. you can tell Cecil is not happy
1: about it. He's talking through gritted teeth and is not is not really excited about it, but he can't say anything because he's no I mean they're his bosses now. Yeah. So and
2: he he's shown a willingness to obey the people in command. Yeah. Which is scary and
1: we're not sure what's going to happen from that. But that's what makes this business exciting.
0: All right, this episode's weather was Palabras de Papel by Nelson Poblete. What a nice
1: Spanish song. <laughs>
0: It is. It's really. It's a really beautiful song. I looked. It up, I looked at the lyric translation. And Me like, too.
1: Because yeah, I was like, lovely. I don't know what's happening, but it's very. Eth- I didn't. I thought it was like very ethereal, and like kind of sad, like a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's a, you know, about yeah love kind of being lost and. Mm-hmm. But very flowery language. I mean, yeah, the language is, a- is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, the the title of the song is what it's uh, paper words. Is that what it is? Is that mm. yeah? I think that's what it is. Words made out of paper or something to that effect. And this was uh, Joseph. When Joseph was in uh, Barcelona in 2013, he saw this guy busking um, in Parkway and was like, oh, cool. I want to use this song on my podcast. And the language barrier being what it was, Joseph is not sure that he understood what uh, Joseph was asking of him. So he thinks that... (laughs) that Nelson Poblete probably just thinks that this song played on a radio station in a town called Night Vale. Uh, which and it did. <laughs> and it did.
1: It did, in a way. So, okay, so he just met this guy, like, on the street? Yeah. I swear, Joseph, he just me- – because that's what also – he met one of those other people, like, in a subway or Mount something. Mount Moon,
0: yeah, I heard Mount Moon busking on the subway.
1: See, I'm such I'm the I'm this, I'm the city person that's just gonna be like keep walking. I'm on my phone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm never paying attention to being like, uh Hey, there's music for your podcast everywhere. You just have to be looking for it.
1: I guess so. But we I you know, I that's not my job. I'm just here to do the chit chats. No, we don't have to we don't have to go out and source music for this one. I'm not trying to find no music.
0: We look no further than disparition for anything we could ever need. Right. Yeah.
1: Yes. If disparition doesn't have it, I don't want it.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I, I like this song. So I like the song too. I think it's really nice in the episode. And then um, I, I think I like the little backstory about it too, where it kind of becomes this travel memory for Joseph mm-hmm. and maybe this weird memory for Nelson Poblete.
1: <laughs> I hope it's a weird memory for him too. I want to one day like – that would be awesome to like, catch up with him and just be like, "Hey, did you know you were on the show?"
0: The internet says that he lives in Manchester, so we should invite him to our oh, Manchester really? show. Yeah.
2: Oh, let's do it. He had to know because he would have experienced some sort of Night Vale bump, right?
0: Yeah, but yeah still, everybody does. I mean, like yeah. it's had like it's yeah, it's telling that if you don't know what Night Vale is, I guess pretty probably he could probably look it up and figure it out, but I think at the time uh he was when Joseph was talking to him about it, he was like, yeah, I can be on your radio show and in, in, that'll broadcast in Night Vale. You're like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> and this is, my guess is that Joseph was trying to speak to him in Spanish. That's my guess. Hmm. <laughs> how, how good is Joseph's Spanish? Way better than mine. Uh. <laughs> but that's not a, a, a high bar.
1: I know. I'm like, and that means... <laughs> Well, uh, we're glad to have it. So thanks, Mr. Pablete. And Senior Fink. And Senior Fink for talking to this dude on the street. Stay right there. Good morning, Nightfell. We'll return after a brief break.
0: That's the sound of me smelling my own armpit because I smell like a coconut vanilla cookie. And I smell like that because of native deodorant. Good Morning Night Vale is very pleased to be able to offer you 20% off of your first purchase of native deodorant by going to nativedeodorant.com and entering promo code goodmorning at checkout. I find myself very lucky to live in a time in history when deodorant exists. Think about how bad George Washington must have smelled and be grateful that you don't have to go anywhere near that. I don't want you to be stinky. I want you to smell great. And I want you to do that without endangering your body with harsh chemicals. Native deodorant can do that for you. Their products are naturally formulated and aluminum free. So you're not gonna be slowly poisoned by your own armpits. You're gonna have to find another way to die. And while you're finding that other way to die, you will smell great with a naturally-derived deodorant that actually works. Native deodorant is not tested on animals, so no narwhals, which are real, will be injured for you to smell awesome. Visit nativedeodorant.com, use promo code goodmorning, and don't smell like George Washington.
2: Do you have trouble getting the sleepies like I do, having a good night's sleep, like a full night's sleep? Let me introduce you to Feels, which is the premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. If you're like me and you have trouble, if you have stress, if you have anxiety, pain, or sleeplessness, then you just put a few drops of Feels under your tongue and you'll feel the difference within minutes. And if you're like me and you are new to CBD like I was, they offer a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. Feels has me feeling my best every day and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash good morning and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's dot com slash good morning to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping feels.com slash good morning.
0: All right. We ready to step into the fan zone. Fan zone.
2: <laughs> fan zone.
0: Today we have uh, an email from Danny. And Danny writes to us. Hey, Meg, Symphony, and How? Yellow Helicopters is a special episode to me because I started listening to Nightvale when it came out, and Night Vale's been my favorite thing ever since. My question is, if you could make a Night Vale spin off about a character, like the novel is about Diane Creighton, which character would you pick and what would their story be like? Hard mode, pick a character that you don't play. Thanks for making my favorite piece of media basically ever, Heart Danny T. Well, Danny, thanks so much for writing us. And thanks so much for this question. Yeah, what do we what do we think here? I'm trying to think if I could make a spinoff about a character. There's so many great characters that we don't hear from too often that we just get little pieces of their lives. So I think it would be really cool to see an expansion of them. Um, I'd like to see more from Big Rico. I'm, I'm a big mm-hmm. Big Rico fan. I also, um, go, going on to a couple episodes from now, Beautiful Dream, I would love more about Megan Wallaby. Megan Wallaby is one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would be really
1: cool
2: to hear more about Larry Leroy, my boy, the boy. And Danny, I'm rejecting hard mode. I want to see a Steve Carlsberg story in the style <laughs> of uh, Three Days of the Condor, <laughs> where there's a huge conspiracy that happens that he's uh, stuck in the middle of and has to find his way out, like a political thriller.
0: Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> that would be really yeah. cool. Yeah,
2: that'd be neat. Uh, Let's write it. And also, Kashek. I want The Incredible Journey with Koshek.
1: Oh. oh, I want like... um like what's not milo and otis but like one of those like
0: homeward bound homeward yeah. bound
1: yes that's the one homeward bound but with Kashek, like he <laughs> ends up in like china or something and like has to get home
2: <laughs> and it's a series of wormholes
1: <laughs> yeah right
2: or
0: it's like um the, the hangover <laughs> it's like those movies This is, like, hard mode, okay? This is, like, extra, extra hard mode. If you had to, like, mash up, like, two or three random characters to, like, make a buddy cop movie together or, like, some sort of, like, ensemble cast, what would you, like, what would your, like, ensemble cast be? And what would happen?
1: I think uh, a fun, like, teen one, kind of, like, Marvel Runaways style would be, like, Tamika Flynn, Janice Carlsberg, Josh... Um, Creighton and the, um, the glow
0: clouds kid. Yeah. whose <laughs> name is, whose name is hard to pronounce because it's just a series of lightning claps. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah.
1: flashes and light flashes. So yeah, I think that would be really sick. And like, they would each like get to, you know, not just deal with their, the fact that they're like angsty teenagers. And I would think I would, uh, Tamika would, You'd, be, you'd see more about her, her life, and Janice and uh, Josh and all that. I think that would be fun.
0: I think that would be a really good movie.
2: How, how about a, a, a mid to late '90s indie film where it's always like people in a car driving somewhere, except it's Carlos, the man in the tan jacket, and the computer—the
1: oh, oh. one that just reads that numbers. No, the uh, oh, the computer from uh, from '34, yeah, the, yeah. The, from
2: Beautiful Dream. Yeah, it's the three of them and discovering one another and themselves and what it means to be a uh, human or computer or somebody that is never remembered or somebody that is a man of science and how do wow. they get along? What, do they, what, could they, what, what would happen to them? What odd people would they meet along the way whose lives they would touch and whose lives would touch them?
1: Nice road trip style. Those are always
2: fun movies.
0: I've been watching a lot of The Good Place and Russian Doll I just started watching. And now I want to do like a interns in purgatory kind of thing where like all the dead interns are together and they're like, there's some sort of repeating thing where they're trying to like, you know, do the, do the mission that they died on over and over again. Oh, so (laughs) good. I love
1: that.
2: That's so good. It's great.
0: Like, okay, do I
1: drink the orange juice this time? (laughs)
0: yeah <laughs> Do I go to the the yeah the black the uh, endless pit that's in the station basement? Uh, yeah, right. That's fun. So next up in the
1: fan zone, we have Willow. Hi guys. My favorite episode out of the early ones is 32, Yellow Helicopters. It was the first new episode for me when I became a fan. I had binge listened to the show in the last week or so and looked forward to this and it did not disappoint. In fact, it's an unusually impactful episode. It's the first chapter of the first serialized story in Night Vale, The Strux Corp Takeover. We learn that people can turn to angels and we even get to hear how it happens. The angels are fascinating because we know so little about them. Why do they shine with the darkness rather than the light? Is it just in Night veil vale or are angels like that everywhere? I particularly remember the scene where the angels protect old woman Josie with darkness. Then the light gets in and you don't know what will happen to Josie. I was terrified for her. The ending of the episode is unusually dark, and you can hear the fear in Cecil's voice. I also enjoyed the weather. I don't know Spanish, but (laughs) I looked some of it up on Google Translate, and it's very beautiful. I especially liked this line. An invisible thread connects me to you. I prefer to think you still remember me. All the best, and keep up the fun, Willow. Well, thanks, Willow. Yeah, this episode was pretty dark and I also enjoyed that it really started off the Strux Corp plotline. And it, it makes it really exciting when you start seeing a plot, uh, uh, develop like that. And I don't know about angels, man. No one really does. And I think that's why the idea of them having darkness rather than light can be like really kind of confusing and a little bit scary, but Just like everything else in Night Vale, it all turns out fine.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Everything's okay.
0: Everything's fine. Uh, The sun keeps coming up, I think.
2: That's right. Noisily. (laughs) The universal signal for everything is fine. The sun has appeared. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. Uh, Marissa writes regarding yellow helicopters. This is one of my favorite episodes because of the jolt it gives to the storyline for every danger that has been visited upon night Vale up until that point. This is the first time that it feels like a threat to the characters and places we've come to know. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that The story is crafted very well that way. And the use of the angels in this episode, especially contributes to that. Uh, I agree with you, Marissa. I think that's a fun way to switch it up. And you know, as we talked about, uh, thanks to Willow, this is the start of a of a larger overarching storyline. I mean, really, it's where it kicks into gear. I think it starts a little bit earlier than that with uh, the old oak doors that appear in our in our first peek at Kevin. But uh, that idea that we we're in this town where there are these unspeakable horrors happening that are just the same as getting your morning paper. So to have something that feels like an actual threat and something that unites the town in terror. In, like, a real terror, not their everyday terror, is, is really interesting. And it's a great, it's a tough thing to tackle, I would imagine, as a writer. And I, and I think that Joseph and Jeffrey do it very well. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did I take up all the oxygen on that one?
0: No, no I did it. <clears throat> okay. you, you thought for all three of us, and that's good. It's good when we can all think through you. Do we, did anybody? I mean, do we,
1: anybody? We share disagree? everything.
0: No. Yeah, no, no disagrees. At all. Great. Next up, Rebecca writes to us. And Rebecca says, Dear Meg, Hal, and Symphony, good morning. I don't have any theories for you today. But with the recap of the mayor mayoral race coming up soon on the podcast, I had a fun anecdote I wanted to share with you. Back in the spring of 2014... I was a sophomore at a small liberal arts college in Ohio. We were coming up on election time for next year's student government. So, of course, the entire campus was plastered in campaign posters. I'd started listening to Nightvale the previous fall, and it just so happened that at the same time we were dealing with our student government elections, Nightvale was in the midst of its own mayoral campaign, and the debate over Hiram McDaniels versus the faceless old woman was going strong. Then it says in parentheses, can you see where this is going? Yes, <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> Now I have to spoil the fun and say that a Nightvale character did not get elected to our student council. As hilarious as that would have been, but some enterprising student did edit Hiram McDaniels and Faceless Old Woman campaign art into posters for our student government elections and posted them all over the main academic quad. Yes. I was absolutely delighted, <laughs> and I still regret to this day that I didn't steal a copy of each for myself, or even at least take pictures. Thank you so much for the work you guys put into Good Morning Night vale. It's really the highlight of my week. Symphony's laugh always makes me giggle, Aww. and it really has helped me get back into Night Vale and podcasts in general. In general. Best wishes, Rebecca. <laughs> cool. That's cool. I'm happy that that happened at this small liberal arts college in Ohio, that Hiram and the Faceless Old Woman did were running as, a, as candidates. That's amazing. And honestly, if anybody else, if you know
1: exactly what Rebecca is talking about, and you have an old picture of that, or you are the person that posted that, because- It probably is a fan, right? Mm -hmm. Please send that to us uh, because we always appreciate seeing stuff like
2: that. Yeah, I want to see that. And I also want to know which liberal arts school in Ohio are we talking about, Kenyon or Oberlin, because I'm guessing it's one of those two. (laughs) Am I right? Let me know. For goodness sakes, Rebecca, don't leave us hanging. And all of you other Oberlinians and (laughs) Kenyonians, that doesn't sound right. (laughs) Kenyans. Nope. Anyway. Uh, Let us know. Show us pictures. A different Marissa writes. This is Marissa number two. Oh, wow. Different Marissa. This one's in bold. Everything from yellow helicopters to old oak doors is amazing. I was becoming more politically radical at the time when these episodes first aired, and they connected with me so much. I was so excited to hear a story like this in popular media. I still can't think of another story that treats the subject of revolting against capitalism in quite the same way. Looking forward to when you guys get there, and we'll probably be rewriting more emails when you get closer to those episodes. Finally, there have been lots of descriptions of the angels and lots of fan art of the angels. What are your favorite headcanons for the angels' appearance? I love what you guys do. Thank you so much. Cheers, Marissa. Well, thank you, Marissa.
1: Cheers Thanks. to
0: you as well. Governor. <laughs> <laughs> <Guffna? laughs> My favorite headcanon for the angels, speaking of cheers, is just the cast of Cheers <laughs> as the angels. <laughs> I always like when they have so many
1: eyes. You know, there's like a bunch of eyes, like eyeballs. Not like
2: the letter I. Like like they're just a wash in eyes. Like human body covered in eyes.
1: It'll mainly be on their face. They'll have like six... Are nine eyes. It almost looks like to me or like sometimes it'll be on the wings. It'll almost look like butterfly wings, you know, when they mm-hmm. have like things that kind of look like eyes on them um, as decoration. I don't know. And I always think of it like they're just trying to scare off their predators. <laughs> mm.
2: I feel like I've seen a fair amount of angels with blood all over them. Oh, really? And I don't know. I don't know if I'd say my favorite, but I'd say it's the one that's sticking in my head. (laughs) If you were dressed this way and were not an angel, certainly my apologies are yours forever. But that, uh, for some reason, I have that in my head. Bloody angels.
0: Yeah. See, there's like the Diane angel and then the Rebecca angel. And Mm -hmm. then you kind of have to fight about which one you think is the
2: Yeah, exactly. Remember when the Diane angel uh, left Sam angel at the altar? (laughs) Oh my yeah. God. And then that's he true. jumped over a boat. And the Norm Angel was like, hey. And everybody was
1: like, Norm Angel.
2: Yeah. When the Cliff Angel <laughs> went on Jeopardy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Woody. Just in general. <laughs> Just dumb, <laughs> dumb Woody. Yeah. Well, dumb Woody's a good angel. <laughs> yeah. Um, except that there's not, there's no one black angel on Cheers. That's the <laughs> only thing that's yeah.
2: Well, it is Boston.
1: The
0: whole. <laughs> The hole-in-my-head cannon. I'm not saying, but saying. Boston. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Boston. Um, I'm interested, the thing that Marissa's writing about that they were, Marissa's listening to this at a time uh, where they were becoming politically radical. Hell yeah. I, literally, my head was like, right on. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're being radicalized while listening to a Night Vale podcast. It's the future that liberals want. It's That's the gay right. agenda.
2: <laughs> Finally, our time has come.
0: The gay agenda. All it says is radicalize the youth. <laughs> mm. and, and as I pump my fist
1: in the air.
2: Yeah. Step one. And then the, then an empty piece of paper after that. Because you figure it out. Yeah. You're out of the
1: nest. And you fly on your own. And with that, guys, it's time for us to fly. And thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And next time, we will be talking about episode 33 cassette. And we will hear from Nightvale listeners about their theories, questions, and comments. But until then, good morning, Nightvale. Good morning.
0: Morning Night Vale is a Night Vale Presents production. It is hosted by Symphony Sanders, Hal Lublin, and Meg Bashwinner. It is edited by Grant Stewart. It is mixed by Vincent Cachione. It is produced by Meg Bashwinner. Theme music by Disparition. Special thanks to our fans who submitted their thoughts this week. Leave us a voicemail at 929- 277 or email us at info at goodmorningnightvale.com to share your theories and ask questions or to tell us what the best thing to put on pancakes is. This show is powered by our patrons like George Banks, Colabri, Nathaniel Filipin, Kathleen Sweet, and Julie Clays. If you're interested in supporting this show in exchange for lots of fun exclusive insider hyper cool kid content like how your name mispronounced in our credits? Check us out at Patreon.com/slash GoodMorningNightvale. For more info on this show, go to GoodMorningNightvale.com and follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Night vale Chat. Special thanks to Christy Gressman, Jeffrey Craner, Joseph Fink, and Adam Cecil. Today's adverb is loudly.
2: Within the Wires is an immersive fiction podcast by Janina Matthewson and Night vale co-creator Jeffrey Craner. Each season, we unfold
0: a brand new story strictly via found audio from an alternate 20th century. Season 4, The Cradle, is a story about a mother and daughter as they attempt to lead a family-centric commune surviving on the fringes of society. Subscribe to Within the Wires at nightvalepresents.com or wherever you get your podcasts.